You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. In the comic book world, it doesn't take long before you start running into gods and goddesses, alien deities, even the spawn of Satan, which begs a really interesting question. What role does religion play in comic books? This is Systematic Geekology, episode 13, Religious Superheroes. This episode is for beginners. Anybody who has a general knowledge and understanding of how the comic book world works will be able to slot into this episode real quick. You might even learn a thing or two about characters you've never checked out before. We are the priests to the geeks, meaning that we are Christians who love Jesus And we're also geeks who love geeking out. And we are, through the power of conversation, bridging those two worlds together. This is not a bait and switch. This isn't like a Trojan horse. If you've been around for a while, you know, we just really like to talk on this show. We're just all about conversation. We have a hard time shutting up sometimes. And Josh gets on us about it. But it's okay. We still (laughs) like him. And if you have been around the show for a while, then you know that you need to be subscribing patreon.com slash systematic geekology we've been hyping it we've been planning it but folks it's finally here this month we're going to start rolling out a lot of our exclusive patreon content DD episodes uh episode reviews of hawkeye the ladies of systematic geekology they're getting their own show like it's gonna be great you want to subscribe I am one of your hosts for today's episode. I'm Brandon Knight. I'm a bivocational Christian content creator. And very recently, I started watching the Netflix exclusive seasons of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And so far, they have been a lot of fun. Hmm. Wow. Deep cut. I haven't watched that show in quite a while. Hmm. It's how I spend most of my Friday nights. (laughs) By that point in the work week, I just need a good laugh. Guys, who else is here today? I am Joshua Knoll. I am a co-host of the Whole Church Podcast, where we just talk about church unity and how we can have unity with major divisions in the church, um, as far as ideas. Um, and I, in preparation for this, decided I was going to read the first issue of Miss Marvel again, and that turned into the first like three volumes of the graphic novel, so that was fun. <laughs> Nice. Uh, I woke up at like four this morning to do that. Nice. Whoa. <laughs> that is dedication. Yeah. I just really like those. Uh, my name is Joe. Um, I am a marketer and uh, Christian broadcaster. Um, I just started the uh, – every November, my wife and I do a sci-fi run-through, and we are doing Star Trek The Next Generation – uh, for this one. Mm. So we just started diving into uh, that series, which so far is fantastic. Nice. All right. Well, I, we're going to have to schedule a Star Trek episode at some point, apparently. Uh, but today, <laughs> today, what we are here for is to talk about religious comic book characters. So One of the most important parts of building a character is motivation. You know, why does this character do the thing that they do, make the decisions that they make? And a lot of times what we see in comic books is that characters are driven by things like their own moral compass, you know, their own sense of right and wrong. 
vengeance or an ideal, you know, Americanism, hope. When it comes to religious characters, their motivation is something completely different. It is whatever their set faith is. And just to be clear, this isn't going to be just a conversation about Christian comic book characters. We're going to be talking about religious comic book characters. So you're going to get a wide gamut of characters today. But let's first pass over to Josh. Josh, who are some of these religious comic book characters and maybe highlight a few of your favorite favorites along the way? Man, um, th- there's a ton. Um, I love Daredevil, especially the Netflix series. Um, season three, they highlight some of what, how the nuns take care of him. And I just thought that was pretty interesting. Captain America, he's Christian. I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a main part of his character, but I always love him, so i got to mention him. Um, my favorite religious character is Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, who is a Muslim superhero and oftenly miscalled the first Muslim superhero, but I'll, that's for another day. Um, but she is her series is very involved with what it is like to be a Muslim in New Jersey, America. Um, so that's Interesting. one of the most fascinating for me. It actually seeing day to day life from the comic book writer. It was so well done. It actually helped me with my ministry to some of the Islamic people that were in my community at the time in Wilmington, North Carolina, because it helps you understand when you study Islam, you study like it would be like someone studying the Bible and be like, OK, so this is what Christians believe. Not all Christians. In fact, most Christians, unfortunately, they know very little about the Bible. Right. So seeing it from this standpoint where you're actually seeing how they interact and what it is like to be a Muslim as opposed to to study the Quran, it's two different things. So that's uh, her story is phenomenal. Um, Moon Knight is completely motivated by his devotion to the moon god, um, which may or may not be real. He might just have a mental illness. Um, and of course, another one of my favorites is actually a villain, Gore, the god butcher, who was completely motivated oh, by yeah. being let down from his legalism. So, yeah. God Butcher. I forgot about that. That uh, that Miss Marvel series has been on my to read list for a while now. Um, I have been I have been challenged personally to start branching out of my reading a lot more. Uh, many of my books that I have, especially my comic books, are white men, which is typically what has <laughs> dominated the comic book industry. That's just the nature of the beast. And I I have been challenged personally, just in light of events throughout this past year, of wanting to diversify to help better hear those voices, understand those stories, understand those characters. And that Miss Marvel book, whenever I look for books written by women comic book authors, that one is near, oftentimes near the top of the list. So I will definitely take your recommendation as well for that. Also, I believe it is Captain America in the first Avengers movie that has that great line. There's only one God and he doesn't dress like that. Is that <laughs> that's from the first one, I yeah, think, when he yeah. sees we, Thor for the first time. Yeah. Yep. That's where we get that great meme all over Facebook where it's like um, where it has all the different heroes. It has, you know, Iron Man sees two gods, still an atheist. Cap sees two gods, still a Christian. So Hulk just destroying Loki. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. So, yeah. Hulk sees two gods, destroys them destroys, both. <laughs> destroys both of them. Joe, what do you got? Who who are some of your favorite uh, religious characters and uh, their influence in the comic book world? So I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Daredevil and the way that he 
so much of what makes him him is the fact that he is like the quintessential Catholic. Like he embodies Catholic guilt. And when it's done right, that informs a lot of his actions, a lot of his characters, things like that, or a lot of his uh, characteristics, I should say, and really gives like a, a, a depth to to him and a weightiness to his actions, things like that. Um, to echo the whole idea of Kamala Khan um, and, and really that by, by virtue of her really pushing forward, um, I'm going to use a word representation, but I know that that's, that's <laughs> usually under a different context when that word comes up. Yes. But for those of us that are, especially for those of us that are active in ministry, but for those of us that are having, have a desire to push forward the kingdom, which guys should be all of Christianity, but that's a whole <laughs> other conversation um, <laughs> that we should be looking at cues and inspiration to be able to have tools to be able to better communicate with different groups of people. You know what I mean? Like I can sit in mm-hmm. and communicate with somebody from the country, somebody from the city, some from the, somebody from the South, somebody from the North, because I have gone out of my way to try and understand and learn people. And I think as mm-hmm. Christians, it can be very easy and very tempting to say something to the effect of, well, anything like that, that even remotely puts a positive spin on it is is um partnering with evil sort of thing or partnering with something outside of god and all of that the the thing is is you know when we when we cut ourselves off like that you're you're denying that other person so i think that it's it's great that we have these different representations to be able to see authentic character takes on on all of these, these different religions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, actually I wanted to get you guys to kind of, kind of get your take on some of my other thoughts with this. I, Mm -hmm. so first just about Kamala Khan in general, Mm -hmm. she really has original Spider-Man vibes to me uh, in the sense that you're seeing a young teenager dealing with her body changing with these superpowers and trying okay. to figure out how she relates to other people. And she's just incredibly relatable. Um, I don't okay. remember who I read it from. There was a book about comic books I've read once where it was talking about why Spider-Man was what took off in Marvel. Because at that time you had Superman who was basically a God alien. Mm-hmm. And then you had Batman who was a billionaire. And then all of a sudden you have a teenage boy who's living a normal life. That's a superhero. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. I can relate to that. Yeah. And for the religion aspect, relatable. It's like, I I just can't even explain to you guys when she's going through some of these things. And she's like the very beginning of her arc is her standing beside a bacon, a BLT sandwich and just smelling it. Cause he's like, man, if my religion would let me, I'd eat that. And I'm like, as a kid who grew up in like almost Christian legalism, not that they were trying to enforce legalism on me, but I think when you're young, that's just naturally what you think Christianity is. Sure. And it's hard to teach the people that it's not. Hmm. Um, but anyway, when I was young, I, re- I remember having things like that where like my friends were doing something. And I was like, man, if I wasn't a Christian, I sure would <laughs> do that. 
And I'm like, hey, that's like, it's so relatable. And then when she goes out mm-hmm. and she messes up, and what's funny is she messes up by sneaking out. And I'm trying not to give too much away for everybody, but like, even then, she's reminded of her father's words and keeps to some convictions. And in fact, he quotes the Quran. And yes, this is the Christian podcast where you can hear the Quran quoted. Uh, Quran 532, which is not how they do Quran, but you know, that's how I do Quran because it helps me stay organized. Uh, okay. <laughs> and if you type it into Google, it'll pop up. So, you know, if that helps. Okay. Uh, to murder one person unlawfully is just like killing everyone. Whereas to save one person is just to like saving everyone. And that's sort of her, you know, that's her version of Uncle Ben's, you know, um, great power comes great responsibility. That's her version okay. is this to save one person is to save everyone. And it's straight from the Quran. And it's also pl- applicable to Christians, right? We believe the same thing. Christ mm-hmm. saved everyone through one person's sacrifice. All are saved. And yeah, that's not what the Quran means when it says that. That's not what she means in this context, but it's still super relatable. And her convictions and her struggle with trying to do real life with real people while also maintaining this religion. I don't know. For me, that is a place where I feel like you don't see what it's like to be a religious person in America until someone portrays that kind of story. I mean, is it okay to relate in that way to someone with a different faith? Is that, am I off base here? So I think with that, it's easy. I think the low hanging fruit of that situation is to be like, now, Josh, you're flirting dangerously close (laughs) to the line now. But when you look at the way that Jesus did business here on earth, who did he go to? Who did he hang out with? Who were his people made up of? Like, understanding Mm. and being able to relate with another human being on the basis of something that is a, a certain level of shared experience goes so far when you're trying to push forward the kingdom. And, you know, Josh, you seem like a very reasonable guy. You seem like the kind of guy so. <laughs> that isn't going to hear something and suddenly you're going to throw your whole faith away. And suddenly you believe in a whole separate <laughs> thing and all this kind of stuff. If you are the type of person that can handle being able to get into long form discussions with somebody of a different faith, then we need to be able to have people that are willing to be able to do that. And like, it's, it's the, it's the old joke, right? An atheist, a Christian and a Jew all walk into a bar and have a good conversation because nobody's a jerk. You know what I mean? Like you should be able to (laughs) do these things and not start throwing flags on the play about how legalism is this and about how you're partnering with that and all of these kinds of things. Like, no, I think you're, I think you're dead on these characters have to struggle with different things. And that's no different when it comes to somebody that for di- by different roads gets to a similar destination, you know, as far as, as far as feeling religious persecution and things like that. And I know we live in America, so it's very hard to, to for Americans to talk about religious persecution, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing I would add on to this is that uh, this whole time, just I know that reading Miss Marvel is not equated to actually studying the Quran for yourself, but you do right. get 
maybe i mean obviously you get, you get verse. a verse you get a verse at least <laughs> and it keeps bringing to mind these sections in the ministry of the of paul you know you have the instance when he is standing before the greek philosophers and he's like you got all these statues to all these gods you have this one to the unknown god let me tell you about this right or he writes elsewhere i think it's one of the epistles to the corinthians he talks about how he became all things to all people so that way he could proclaim christ so again you're not going to get like some in-depth this isn't a theology class reading miss marvel but you're getting (laughs) insight that you might not get anywhere else churches don't often offer these type of like get to know your muslim neighbor i was surprised my church is doing one right now of like learning how to like interact with the muslims in your community which is great but As Christians, what we can turn and what we often miss is that this can turn into knowledge where we could possibly share the gospel and relate to people further on. Joe, it looks like you got something you want to throw in here. Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, So so you mean to tell me that Christians should be able to talk to other people outside of just Christians? I mean, I say that tongue in cheek, but honestly – even within Christianity, and that's kind of the baseline, right? Where everybody on this uh, on this show, Christian, and some, and you happen to have three three hosts that are active within missions, and that is something that it's very telling when you realize just how few Christians can have conversations with other people outside of just the Christian community or people that think like they do. You know what I mean? And so sometimes the the entry point, right, the olive branch, if you will, is an episode or an issue rather of a comic book, something that, hey, this is this. I'm not pretending to know everything about everything, but at least this is an entry point somewhere to be able to stimulate conversation. Yes, there's time for all of that conversation (laughs) about not you know, not, not converting yourself and not doing all these like there. Yeah, sure. That's, that is I'm not trying to disregard that because it's unimportant. I'm trying to say that Mm. we need to be able to talk to people like human beings. And if something like a comic book can do that and can stimulate that kind of conversation. Yeah. There's a difference between studying and understanding another religion, religion Mm -hmm. and obsessing and worshiping with it. Yes. Um, Yes. However, I do got to say, Joe, I think you forgot uh, Christ's command that we go into all the world and share the gospel with only Christians <laughs> from every nation. That's my guys. Bad. Don't get me started. My class right now in seminary is discipleship methods. And <laughs> oh, that's I'm about ready torture. to throw all of the books. Oh, yeah, we are, we we've messed up. <laughs> that's a conversation on my podcast. Go check that out. Um, one thing I want one more quick story and then um, we're going to circle back to other characters. Um you bring up how you need like just one little foot in, you know, and you get these dialogues going. For the past six years, I have a great friend. We used to work together. He was one of my store managers. And he's gone from atheist to more of an agnostic stance. Um, and we often have great conversations. He just wants to know what do I believe. And we dialogue. We have these dialogues. He was texting me the other day, uh, just a question out of the blue. It doesn't work at the store anymore. This whole relationship started because one day at work, there was a Lumineers song on and I was humming along (laughs) and he asked, 
do you like the Lumineers? And like, that was where our friendship started mm-hmm. and it has blossomed ever since to all these great conversations. I have a question. Um, so I'm not, I, I've said before on the show, I'm more of the DC guy than I am. I am the Marvel guy. Although I do have my Thanos shirt on right now. <laughs> um, Nightcrawler. Where is Nightcrawler at on all of this? I know he falls under some Christian faith, in one depiction, he seems Catholic. In another, some type of like, maybe like very reformed Anglican tradition. I don't know. So help me clear the air out for this for me a little bit. Yeah, I would be the type of person to say it ventures way closer to uh, like Anglican than it does Catholic. Okay. Um, but I will say it very much depends on who's writing him. And without going into okay. all of it, Jonathan Hickman in the current, the most current run of X-Men um, has him going through some very interesting character arcs in, in um, reaction to what's happening with mutants and the fact that they've basically solved dying for mutants. And so when, when your faith is centric on what happens to you after you die, that has a way of shifting things and things like that. So you're seeing him actually start to get written out, which is really not surprising for modern day comics, but modern day comics, eliminating religion from a certain or Christianity from a character's thing is a whole other conversation. But, um, but yeah, he he's been another one where faced with all of this bloodshed and all of this turmoil and things like that, you see depicted somebody that just is so resolute to their faith in that same kind of way that Daredevil is. And yes, I understand that mm-hmm. there's been story arcs throughout the expanse of, of comics that have had Daredevil fall away from his faith, that have had Nightcrawler fall away from his faith, yada, yada, yada. But by and large, you see somebody who stands resolute to that, you know, faith base, especially in a grounded mm-hmm. world that that fits. You know what I mean? Like that's I, too, am a DC guy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one thing when everybody is godlike and, you know, yeah. everybody is big and powerful and grandiose and things like that, where that becomes more of a conversation about the influences on the character itself as the character was being written more so than characters being sure. written with faith. Yes, it happens, but way, mm-hmm. way less than it does in the very grounded world of Marvel. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the thing I noticed about DC is that when Mark Wade is writing, which is a spoiler for something that's coming up in the recommendation section, um, <laughs> even though maybe the characters are not overtly religious, there are um, religious themes that often come up. Mark Wade's one of my favorite writers, and that's it's partially for that. Um, yeah, Astra. Uh, anything else you guys want to say here? Any other characters that you would like to cover? Um, yeah, so, so a couple things. Um... I, I've always, um, let's see, Lex Luthor isn't a particular religious person, but his, um, his fear of Superman as a God reminds me a lot of how church folk kind of treat God. So I, I do find that interesting. Um, the main difference being that instead of, you know, fearing and just trying to do the right things, Lex tries to get rid of the God. So he doesn't have to worry about it. Um, True. But uh, I, I want to. I mentioned Gore earlier, and mm-hmm. how 
it's interesting with his backstory where that community was very legalistic in their religion, which we're never told what religion it is. It's just a different planet with different gods, whatever. And he's does what everybody else does, follows the religion, follows the religion. And his kids die. His wife dies. All these things happen. And he's like, oh, well, I guess gods aren't real. And then he finds a dead god. He's like, oh, they are real. You know what? Screw them all then. And tries to kill every god. <laughs> and it's that frustration of, I've tried to do the legalistic thing, did all the right thing, and yet, right? Like, I've been next to the BLT sandwich, and I didn't take a bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going back to back to Ms. Yeah, Marvel. But, Marvel. you know, it's that frustration of practicing legalism and realizing it doesn't work. Or even more, doing Christianity right, right? Like, having mm. an actual relationship with God and realizing sometimes your wife still dies. Yeah. And man... Man, it's so relatable to just be angry at God. And I would like to just tell everybody, it is okay to be angry at God. Mm -hmm. Now, staying that way is a different thing. But you know what? Tell God. Tell God, I am upset. I don't understand why you did that. That's an okay and healthy thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's a very important thing to to raise point to that, you know, I I think it, it. Sometimes we fall under the misconception that um, because we are Christians, then that means that good things will happen to Mm -hmm. us in this life. Um, One of the hardest pills to swallow about this life is sometimes stuff just happens. You know what I mean? Sometimes the healing never comes. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. All of those kinds of things. It's a byproduct of evil in the world. That's why the hope that we have is so important. Um, it's a really interesting uh, point that you raise about Lex Luthor because the Big Blue Boy Scout is one that comes to my mind when I think about this whole religion in comics thing. Hmm. You know, obviously everybody and their mother can see the Christ allegory with um, with some of the stuff that he does. I know, I know, Josh, you <laughs> you hold a different uh, comparison than I do. I'm so shocked. You say uh, Moses, right? I I don't have an opinion. I just okay. think the argument can be made for. I would like to do an episode where we talk about how it could be Moses, it could be Daniel or Joseph, but also all of those characters in the Old Testament are also Christ figures. Daniel? (laughs) Never heard that one. I've heard the Jesus and the Moses one. I've never heard Daniel comparison, but that's interesting. Uh, Yeah, I'll give you Daniel Daniel or Joseph. No, Daniel's super obvious, but I'll okay. I'll break it down later. It's super cool. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know, um, he was created by um somebody in the uh of the jewish faith mm-hmm. um and so a lot of that is translated mm-hmm. over into the <laughs> character um so i i think it's i think it's important to to note that and like like you guys said, it, that's a whole other conversation as far as really delving into how much impact the Big Blue Boy Scout had on comics as a whole within that realm, within all realms. But it's interesting that you that you draw it almost fits lock and key to have this this thing that's so based around a religious savior, because these these guys you you listen to their story. 
And they were they were horribly bullied. They they were just it was not it was really, really rough for them when you hear their story. So they were looking to somebody that could lift them up out of their situation. And that was what they centered uh, Superman around. So to have somebody who inherently fears that, because those are the same things that we think of Jesus, you know, the sa- mm-hmm. the, the savior, <laughs> the thing that we can hold our hold our confidence on. And you still have people that will inherently fear that or inherently mm-hmm. hate that and things like that. So it's a good note. Oh, to, yeah. to yeah. Uh, When you're not holy, the holy is terrifying. Um, yes. But or distant a- or distant. If you're Alan Moore with Dr. Manhattan. Who represents a deistic god? Nice, but uh, yeah. just a just a quick piece to go along with is <laughs> is just uh, how cool it is that, or how weird it is. People don't notice how very Jewish some of the Superman names are. I mean, he's Cal L. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, yeah. how many names of God is something L? Because you know, L is just God, <laughs> right? Like, right. yeah. And that's not even a stretch. If you listen to interviews done by the creators of Superman, they acknowledge that, that what L yeah. means and why they included it in the name. Yeah. Or you go over to the Marvel side with uh, Jack Kirby and Ben Grimm. Like, have you seen? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much uh, the Jewish faith is actually a part of Ben Grimm, the thing's character nowadays. But like one year. So I was I there's this traveling Marvel exhibit and I actually got to see one of these up close. Uh, Ben Grimm's a Jewish character created by Jack Kirby. And one year for Hanukkah, Jack Kirby created these Hanukkah cards and drew Ben Grimm with the menorah and the Torah and the little yarmulke on top. And I got to see one of them up close and the early comic book community was full of these was Many of the creators were Jewish men. It was the work that they could get at the time. And it's obvious when you pull back on some of these characters that see that. Yeah. Sorry. Last one. Super fascinating. Hellboy is a very devout Catholic. All right. That's Love it. it. <laughs> Along those lines, uh, you can tell when I was in middle school. So one of my favorite characters is Ghost Rider. And... I read the I've got it over here. I got to meet the creator, Gary Frederick, at my first Comic-Con. And I've got the Essential Ghost Rider, which is those massive books that Marvel prints. It's like the first 30 issues. And you would think that, you know, Ghost Rider, it's controlled by the Spirit of Vengeance. It comes up in the Spirit of Vengeance movie a little bit, kind of, um, that at one point Ghost Rider gets saved. Um, There is an interesting issue where basically what happens is that the spirit of vengeance continues to take more and more control over Johnny Blaze. And he's having a hard time converting back and forth until one day this person approaches him with the very stereotypical white Jesus look, long beard and the whole nine yards, introduces himself as a friend and removes that spirit from him. So he has full control of his abilities after that point. Wait, you're telling me that Joe was in a Ghost Rider comic? (laughs) Wow. Minus the sash. (laughs) (laughs) So even at times, like even though some characters may not have like, like it built into their character from the get go, like religion plays a part in stories, gets interwoven at different points. 
and Iron Man's a devout atheist. <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah, with Thor right there with him. <laughs> Thanks, by the way. Big shout out to Austin. I don't know if you all knew this, but you can go to Patreon or excuse me, you can go to systematicgeekology.com and you can suggest episodes. Let us know what do you want us to geek out on? Tell us and we'll do it. We have a actually have a bunch of these episodes, but thank you Austin. And if you have more ideas, please send them our way. We love doing this. It is .org though. <laughs> is it .org? I yeah. just work here. I don't know. That's what I say all day at work. It's systematicgeekology.org. .org. Okay. Way back at the beginning of our conversation, Joe, you brought up Daredevil. Uh, I wanted to say a few things about Daredevil. When I was a kid, again, you could tell what movie was cool when I was a kid, was Daredevil. He was Ben Affleck was my first exposure to this character. And, you know, when you're a kid, the big thing is, oh, he's blind. Well, that's so cool. How's he doing all this stuff? And he's blind. As an adult, and Josh, you touched on this a little bit with the Netflix series. what becomes really interesting about the character is his faith. He is the quintessential Catholic. There are three defining traits of Daredevil, his blindness, his faith, and his career as a lawyer, the work that he does in Hell's Kitchen. And what is really interesting about all three of those dynamics is that to some degree, they're all related to faith, whether it's his belief in God his day-to-day navigating through life, not being able to see as clearly as everyone else. And really, even when it comes to lawyer stuff, yes, law is written and put into place, but you got to exercise some faith that the person you're defending or representing is telling you the truth. Maybe all you law students listening right now can correct me in the comments, but to some degree, all of Daredevil, if there's one word that really defines this character is faith. And yes, thank you, Frank Miller. You have helped make things where he falls out of faith, in and out of faith. But this is a core tenet of this character. And there's a verse I wanted to bring up. Galatians 2.20, this is a verse that means a lot to me. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith to the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. When we're talking about characters like Daredevil or Nightcrawler or Miss Marvel. Hellboy. And Hellboy. And Hellboy. um, Their religion, Catholic, Anglican, Muslim, that is a core part of their identity. And yes, it is really easy to write a character than it is to live a life in the real world. And it's not really the best thing in Christianity to boil everything down to one verse, one catchy slogan, see you all next Sunday. But what we see here in this verse and in various portions throughout scripture is that when we are in Christ, we have a new identity. This is who I am now. You know, just back at the beginning of this episode, we did our round robin. Hey, I'm Brandon. I'm a content creator. I'm Josh. I have a podcast. I'm Joe. I'm a broadcaster. We did our thing, you know, and we talked about how that's how you get to know people. You say, "I this is what I do. This is where I'm from. Things like that. But in the end, above everything else, it's our core identity as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, as a disciple of Jesus. Those are all the same thing. 
those aren't mutually exclusive and like rungs within Christianity. When you come to know Christ as Savior, you are a disciple following him and our identity is rooted in that first and foremost. And it would be amazing to me if Christians actually lived that way. If we had, and I know they're not perfect characters, but if we had more daredevils, if we had more people who their faith was so much more than just the thing they did on Sunday, guys, I think it would be really different. Any thoughts yeah. you want to add on to this? Yeah, yeah. Watch, watch the Daredevil show. Read the comics. What's interesting is even when he's falling in and out of his faith, you'll notice it's not him questioning his faith alone. He's questioning his very identity. And mm-hmm. I think that is where our faith has to be. If your identity isn't wrapped up in it, it's just something you do to make yourself feel like a better person. Right. Yeah. Paul says that we have the mind of Christ. Um, and a lot of times that gets that gets boiled down to um, you can just have more faith. You can just have more uh, more belief. And that's um, I'm sure something that especially the three of us have heard probably to a nauseating degree about certain things. Um, (laughs) And, and, but at the end of the day, what happens when you realize that you have the mind of Christ, that you are indwelt with Holy spirit with that you Mm -hmm. are part of the kingdom, that this is an active relationship that is reciprocal between creator and created is that should have an impact on how you view yourself, how you view others, how you operate in this world, and so on and so forth. Because you talk about when you at, when when you are asked, "Who are you?" What is the first couple of things you go for? Well, um, there's my name, and this is what I do for a living, and this is where I'm from, and you know, blah blah blah. But before, at the very core, that impacts who we are is who we are. In God, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. When that that's so much of this life does not make sense if we try to put ourselves as the main character. That's the gimmick, yeah. right? Why do bad things happen to good people? Because we're not the main character. Because people were never meant to be the main character. God is always the main character, always. And the fact that that informs the character assessment of everything else that comes after that is monumental. That changes everything so much more makes sense at that yeah Yeah. Yeah. i agree all right well let's start wrapping this show up this has been a good time i've had a great time i hope you listeners at home have had a good time guys before we get out of here does anybody have any recommendations for our listeners either about our topic today or just anything going on right now yeah um miss marvel uh volumes one through four would be what I'd say. That's like the that first real arc ending with what well, I won't say you end with because it's cool for to unravel the mystery. Get the whole first four volumes uh, by Willow Wilson and Adrian Alfona. Super good stuff. Awesome. Joe, how about you? So far, I would absolutely suggest people watch um, Star Trek Next Generation because it's interesting that just the, the the humanity take, you know what I mean? Like to watch it for the humanitarian humanity take on the whole thing is is very, very fascinating. Nice. I've got two. Our good friend Pastor Will texted me a recommendation to throw <laughs> in here. So I'm just going to read it. Hopefully um, 
So there's a Batman series. It's a story arc written by Tom King and Lee Weeks called Cold Days, uh, where Bruce Wayne is on jury duty and he discusses his family's faith. I didn't know that the Waynes had any oh. religious background. Um, yeah, goes against a little bit of what we talked about earlier about DC, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> and his skepticism, Bruce Wayne's a skeptic. Um, and it, there's also some great quotations that come from the book of Job. Again, I have not read this, but that comes from Pastor Will. And he seems like a guy who knows what he's talking about. For me, <laughs> uh, my recommendation is, guys, I'm a big sucker for oversized comic books, like the really big ones. Um, yeah. And there's this one my wife bought me. It's called JLA Heaven's Ladder. It's written by Mark Wade, And it's an interesting story about all of these aliens religions kind of coming together now it is a bit of this whole like pluralism all religions co coexist mm. type of thing but it's just an interesting there's a lot of interesting dialogue that goes on between the characters of like what is faith what do they believe what is going on in the universe also the character steel is in it and i like that character and he's really underused so that's my nice. recommendation Very nice. um again again uh, please go to systematgeekology.org <laughs> to let us know what you have been geeking out and what we should be. And next time on Systematic Geekology, it's not doing well by the Rotten Tomatoes score, but we're going to have Joe and Pastor Will here to let us know how fresh is the Eternals? That is the real question on everybody's <laughs> mind. How good or not is the Eternals? And remember... We are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.